0: Hello, and welcome to the Help Me Understand podcast. Help Me Understand is a weekly podcast that explores the context behind the things that we experience from day to day. With topics ranging from personal development, to parenting, to health and fitness and more, join me, your host, J.K. McLeod, as I share my thoughts and also host conversations that are meant to encourage you to say, help me understand, in an effort to add perspective to the things we experience in everyday life. All right, what is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. I'm your host, JK, and we are jumping into another Friday 4 episode of the podcast. So um, I've got a kind of a special treat coming up for you with the last topic today, or tonight, I should say, at the time that this is being recorded. I sat down and I was able to talk with my son, Mace, who also has his own podcast, which you'll hear him... Um, unapologetically uh, shout out during the conversation that we had. Uh, But I had him on so that he could share with you what I thought was a pretty cool story about a goal that he set this school year, uh, why he set that particular goal, and how he accomplished it. So we're basically going to get a, uh, a little segment on goal achievement, goal setting, and goal achievement from the mind of a ten-year-old. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that interview that'll come up in the fourth topic. So getting into today's Friday four. So first. Uh, Topic number one, and I started doing this a couple of of episodes ago, where topic number one would basically just be a general update on what I've got going on from a training and nutrition standpoint. Uh, As I had mentioned the first time uh, that I brought this up on a Friday 4 episode, my intention is to have that be the first topic uh, for any of the Friday 4s, just to, well, really for two reasons. One... I am someone who does find it helpful to, uh, verbalize what some of my goals and intentions are. And that helps me from a, um, somewhat of an accountability standpoint. I feel like if it's something that I put out there, then that tends to put me a little bit more on the self-accountability hook to follow through with those particular things. And, uh, I'm definitely not counting on, you know, specifically people reaching out and saying, hey, have you gotten this done? Or, you know, you said you were going to do this thing. What's going on with that? It's more one of those, hey, if I I put it out there, then I should execute and follow up on that. So that's one aspect of it. And then the second one is uh, very like unapologetically here. One of the things that I am wanting to and intending to put out more content about or have more consistent content around how how to operate and how to set goals and milestones and different things like that while in a maintenance phase when it comes to nutrition. For those of you uh, who may not be familiar with what we're talking about with a maintenance phase, uh, very often you will hear people talk about a specific phase, like a muscle gain phase, and that uh, for for the sake of like ease here we're talking about where you are purposely consuming more calories then you uh, burn because you are looking to put on more muscle. That also comes along with, it's not just eating more, it's also training a specific way, focusing on recovery, different things like that. But a caloric surplus is something that typically you would do when you are looking to increase the amount of muscle that you have. And then uh, I'd say what tends to be more popular from the content standpoint is when uh, folks are putting out content around their cut or their fat loss phase, and that's when they're, when they're in a caloric deficit. So they are purposely consuming um, less calories than they burn um, because they are looking to potentially change their body composition, reduce body fat while still maintaining muscle, that sort of a thing. So uh, for myself, and this is something that I've shared uh, for the past... Oh, it's been a few months at this point. I'm specifically in maintenance right now. And maintenance is where, for all intents and purposes, I'm trying to keep my caloric input reasonably equal uh, day by day to my caloric output. And that's really, I say day by day. However, it's not going to be a specific number uh, for anybody who is familiar at this point with being in maintenance. You know that that can be somewhat of a moving target because it's not just about you know, how many calories you burn during a workout, because uh, the number of calories you burn in a workout actually makes up a very, very small percentage of your total caloric burn throughout a 24 hour period. So um, maintenance, or um, being able to have an equal uh, input and output also comprises itself of Um, different things like non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, just your basic movement throughout the day, Uh, different things as far as how stress is being handled, how your body is processing, those particular things. There's a lot of different things that go into it. What What I've tended to hear from clients especially is that sometimes they have difficulty in maintenance because they're just kind of feeling like there aren't specific goals. There's not specific, like there's no you know, pardon the the pun here, there's no like carrot dangling in front of them. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I can even say for some people, fat loss is easier because it's very specific, it's very targeted. So another, um, another inspiration or reason that I'm going to start off any of the Friday four episodes with a training and nutrition update is to just uh, also hopefully, um, so one accountability, Uh, for putting it out there. And two, to hopefully be able to also uh, offer some, you know, like that virtual partnership for those who aren't specifically looking to be in a fat loss phase and aren't specifically looking to be in a muscle gain phase. You are looking to basically equal calories in calories out from an energy standpoint and just live in your life. And it doesn't mean that there's no goals. Uh, So that's actually what I'm gonna start off with. I'm gonna uh, share with you for this upcoming month of June, uh, the four things, four of the things, because it's not the only four things, but four of the things that um, I'm focused on as far as uh, particular things that I'm working on during the next four weeks while I am still in maintenance. So the first one is I'm trying to average out 12,000 steps a day over a seven-day rolling period. So over the past couple of weeks, uh, I have been sitting right at about uh, 11,000 steps uh, per day on average. If you look at like a seven-day average, I've been sitting at about 11,000 steps. And that's actually up from where I was um, a couple of months ago, where I tried to get it up to 10,000. So slowly but surely, I've been working on that. So 12,000 steps on average is one goal that I have set. For the next four weeks and um, a little bit more context around that or or behind that is that uh, a decent amount of my day from time to time is spent in front of a computer like I am right now, whether it's on a call, um, if it's recording a podcast, if it's writing training programs, any sort of computer work and different things like that. Uh, So I can spend a decent amount of time seated in front of a computer, especially about the two to three days per week where the bulk of my day is really spent on writing training programs. So it does take a consistent um, and specific intention. uh, That's not the right way to phrase it. A specific uh, amount of intention in order to get up and stay uh, and get moving regularly in order to hit those 12,000 steps. So that is uh, one of the goals that I have. Uh, the second goal uh, that I am taking action on is averaging uh, six servings of fruits and vegetables, any combination of that. So six servings of fruits and vegetables um, each day. Uh, I am someone who, especially when I kind of like get into the groove, I can make it, I can easily just let myself just grab like a bar here, a shake here, like quick snack here and there and kind of like snack my way into um, into the the calories that I'm trying to hit and I'm trying to trying to uh, be more intentional around um, ensuring that as I am grabbing snacks here and there, because sometimes that's just the reality of where my priorities are at the time, uh, making sure that I have fruits and vegetables readily available for that. So that's a second one that I've got um, a third. So third thing that I'm focusing on is getting in 10 minutes of reading every single day and uh Right now, there's two main books that I'm reading. I'm looking over at my stack right now. There's two main books that I'm reading. One of them is called Nudge. And then the other one is called the 12-week year. So I won't go too far into those because I'm just, uh, let's say, about 20 or 30 pages into both of those books. Um, and one of the, the targets that I've got for this upcoming month um, is to get in 10 minutes of reading each day. So I do some specific things in order to help with that. Um, So instead of setting a specific page goal or anything like that, what I'll do is I'll just pick up the book, uh, say in the morning, I've got a couple of free minutes. So I'll just start a stopwatch and read for a couple of minutes. Uh, Sometimes I'll get the 10 minutes done at once and sometimes I don't. And regardless, I'm looking to accumulate 10 minutes of reading throughout the day Reading is something that I definitely enjoy and want to keep that habit going. Many times I will, um, I will end up reading more than the ten minutes. However, what I want to, what I want to model is what I talk about with folks all the time: with establishing your foundations and your basics, and. Uh, really, it's something that within uh, within the programs that I work with, with Pop and both my one-on-one program, we talk about your goals and your your excuse me, your foundation should be things that you can accomplish uh, on your quote-unquote worst day. So, on a day where it just feels like all hell is broken loose and there's really like no semblance of organization, what is what are some of the most basic things that you can do that still at least put a couple a couple of cents into the bank account? So 10 minutes of reading is one of those. And then the last one, as far as uh, four things that I've got on my list for the month of June is 20 minutes of intentional exercise. And uh, when it comes to intentional exercise, underneath that heading is everything from a resistance training workout. So lifting weights, Uh, it can be walking, it can be running, which I will not be doing, Uh, It can be just anything that's 20 minutes of intentional exercise. Uh, One of the days uh, went outside and threw the baseball with Mace for uh, about 10-15 minutes and then um, walked for a few minutes after that after he was done or if we go outside and just shoot baskets for a while. So uh, just 20 minutes of intentional exercise and movement. So Uh, That is Friday for topic number one, just an update on what I've got going on from a maintenance standpoint as far as training and nutrition. All right, Friday for topic number two, I'm sharing uh, kind of a teaser with uh, something that I will do a separate podcast on, and uh, it's about how I change the relationship with my phone and uh, might sound kind of like a weird title. And uh not that long ago, I think at some point, I read a book and it was called How to Break Up With Your Phone. And I think I actually shared that that um that book as like one of the content shares on a podcast um, a while back. And I was thinking about uh, some conversations that I've had with folks who are trying to work specifically on their bedtime routine and or their wake up routine. So they're working on either one or both of those things. And it's very interesting because how, how they're handling their phone and the content on their phone definitely plays into either or both of those strategies. So something that I'll commonly hear from folks is, you know, I just feel like I end up doing some sort of mindless doom scroll at the end of the night. And then my, my brain is, you know, going a million miles a minute. And then it's hard to fall asleep because I've just been like scrolling aimlessly on my phone. Um, and then when it comes to the morning, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I check my phone and then I see that I've got emails and I've got notifications and all these other things. And I just already feel like I'm behind. So, um, I do plan to do a completely separate podcast episode, or I might actually, um, my friend Kelly and I are talking about putting out a podcast. So we may actually, I didn't tell her this, but maybe we'll talk about that on the episode that we do. Just um, one of the things that I did with changing my relationship with my phone was um, take note of where times were that I felt like I was just kind of pulling out my phone out of habit and how I ended up just kind of like scrolling. And then it would be a few minutes later and I'm thinking to myself, wait, what am, what's my purpose in doing this? Where, what am I doing right now? And one of the areas that I realized that was happening is when I would get somewhere. So uh, first time I can think of it is when I would get to the gym in the morning. So when I would drive to the gym in the morning, after I got to the gym, pull into the parking lot, and then I would grab my phone. I was usually listening to a podcast on the way to the gym, but I would grab my phone and then I have it plugged into an aux cord. So I would unplug it for the aux cord, but then I would just, for some reason, open up my phone and then open up email or open up the app for our group training program, just to kind of check on comments, just start opening up my phone. And next thing it's like, next thing I know it's 10 to 15 minutes later, and I'm still sitting in the front seat of my car and haven't gotten out to go into the gym. And uh, that that's an example of one of the things that I'm now doing differently when it comes to changing my relationship with my phone and really how much I'm really focused on or wasting time really doing kind of mindless stuff on my phone, whether it's random scrolling or getting caught up in like looking at stuff on social media or reading random emails or things like that. Uh, one of the things that I've definitely done uh, differently, is be cognizant of when I get to where I'm going, then get out of the car. And that may sound very simple. I could potentially be the only person out there who gets somewhere, whether you get to the grocery store, or whatever it is, and you check your phone for no apparent reason before going in. And then next time, next thing you know, it's again like 10 minutes later and you're still sitting in the parking lot. Or before going into the house, you drive up to the house and then before you go into the house, you're just scrolling on your phone. Like, why have I not gone into the house yet? So, something that I've done differently is I'm intentional about when I get to where I'm going, unless I specifically am finishing up a call or something like that. Then it's, you know, unplug the phone and, and head on into wherever I'm going. And then uh, a second piece of that is if I get somewhere and there's wait time, so I'm going to a school pickup. Which school year is out now, but school pickup was a pretty common one. So, when I would go pick MACE up, what I would find is that if I didn't have something with me, then I would just be sitting there aimlessly scrolling on my phone while I'm sitting in the pickup line for like half an hour or so. So, I purposely have a book that has short snippets in it. um, And I put that in my car. And during the school year, or the back half of the school year, because I set this goal later in the school year, that book just stays in the car. So I basically retrained myself for when I'm just aimlessly, when I'm sitting in the car and it's not really an option to get up and leave leave the vehicle because I'm waiting in line, then instead of reaching for my phone, I have some sort of alternative because what was not helpful is just to say, well, I'm just not going to reach for my phone. Well, then it's kind of like the what am I supposed to do with my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands, so I needed to give myself something um, to uh, to do instead. So that's that's one example. So again, I'll come up with uh, come out with some additional context and content and some other things uh, that I've done as far as even how I have certain apps laid out and different things like that with my phone. Maybe you will find some of this helpful, especially if you're working on establishing a wake up or wind down routine. All right. And then the third piece that I've got for you on the final four before uh, getting you into the interview that I did with Mason is a content recommendation. So um, I'm going to recommend that you, if you're not already listening to Mind Over Macros with a really good friend of mine, Mike Milner, in full disclosure, I do also work for Mike uh, for POP Peak Optimization Performance, and I can confidently say that even if I did not work for Mike and I was not friends with Mike, I would still recommend listening to his podcast, Mind Over Macros. Uh, I've recommended the podcast plenty of times over the years. He's put out tons of episodes at this point. Uh, why I want to recommend it, um, again, for you now is specifically for any coaches. So coaches of any kind, uh, I would say kind of skews more towards fitness and nutrition. However, I actually think that other coaches, so for example, a really good friend of mine is a co-parent coach. Um, I have some people in my, um, In my circle, who are also financial coaches, just life coaches, different coaches, empowerment coaches of of all kinds, I do think that actually what he's doing now with this Friday series that he has called Coach's Compass, I think that those those particular episodes are extremely helpful for anyone who is a coach. Again, uh, you will find that in my perspective, it does skew a bit more towards fitness and nutrition and also, though. I think a coach of any kind who actually wants to do well with coaching, like wants to coach from a place of um, integrity, I think you will really enjoy tuning into the Friday episodes of the Mind Over Macros podcast with my friend Mike Milner. And again, those are called Coach's Compass, and they're under the uh, in the Mind Over Macros podcast feed. Okay, and then uh, without further delay, I'm going to go ahead and close things out with uh, getting you into the interview that I did with my son, Mace. So we are calling topic number four, um, goal, ach- goal setting and goal achievement from uh, the 10-year-old's point of view. So with that, uh, please enjoy this final topic, and I will talk to you next week. All right. So for this segment of the Friday four, for this topic of the Friday four, I've invited a special guest, my son Mason McLeod, to talk about achieving a goal. So first, uh, Mason, how how are things going for you tonight? We're recording this tonight. How are things going?
1: Um, not very good because um the Alabama softball team lost and their season's over. And um um on my podcast that I have, um, I predicted in the college baseball World Series, I have a Southern Miss making a big run, and um, they lost today. But they're not eliminated yet. But they did lose, so it's been a rough day for me.
0: Okay, well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, however, I have you here for this particular Friday four topic on achieving a goal because you shared with me uh, recently that you had a particular goal that you set for the school year and you just finished uh, what grade?
1: Uh, Fifth grade. So yeah. I'm going into, sixth and middle, into middle school next year.
0: Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. All right, so you set a goal during the fifth grade year, uh, unbeknownst to me. So I didn't know that you had set this particular goal until you happened to tell me about it, I would say with maybe about less than a month left in the school year. And instead of me um, sharing some details about the goal you set and um, how you achieved it, I wanted to invite you on the podcast to talk about it. So first, why don't you share with people what goal you set for the school year?
1: Okay, so at the start of the year, I set a goal that I would raise my hand and participate to answer a question every day of, of every day of the school year for like, uh, 180 every how many days there are in a school year so I was trying to raise my hand to answer at least like one question uh, to participate every day
0: every single day that yeah. was your goal mm-hmm. okay and uh let's see so first where did you come up with the idea to set that goal
1: um well um uh so I, I, I try really hard to get good grades so like um participating is one of them because like it helps you like um, if you're more interested in stuff, then it helps you like learn more about it. So, um, like raising my hand and like asking more questions, um, it gives me like a deeper understanding of like the topic and stuff like that.
0: Okay, all right. So, this was a goal that you just set on your own, huh?
1: Yeah, I it was just a random idea that I thought in my head because I try to participate a lot. So,
0: okay. Now, did you have this goal going into the school year or did you think of it the first day of school? Um, when did this pop in your head?
1: I, I thought of it um right when I walked into school, like when I got into like the classroom for the first time. Wow.
0: Okay. So I have some questions about this particular goal. And maybe we'll have to look up how many exactly how many days are in the school year because that's a pretty tough streak. So um first what was your plan in order to raise your hand every single day like what how did you plan to do that
1: well so um usually I raise my hand a lot in math class because I like doing math like I feel like I I understand it a lot so like and math class is the is in well in 5th grade at least at my school it's probably the most you get the most opportunities to raise your hand like either to answer a question to go up to the board um like all the other um things like reading and writing they don't really give you like opportunities to really like go up in the go up to the board and stuff so i think that um and also um math is also i think it's very hard cuz you um cuz our math tests that we do that we did in 5th grade are really important so and there's so, much, there's so much stuff that goes into each unit. So um, it helps me understand it better to like get into the lesson more.
0: Okay, gotcha. So uh, let's see here. Now, how many different classes did you have? Because, and, and I'm going to tell you, the reason that I'm asking this question is because as we were talking about it, when you first told me about this, uh, this goal that you had set for yourself, and I remember we were talking about it in the car one day, uh, I thought that you were just going for a goal of just raising your hand and getting called on every day. But then I found out that you actually had almost another layer to that goal. So before getting into that, how many what are all the different classes that you take um in, in a week, let's say?
1: Well, so we do math, which is like the biggest one. Okay. Um morning meeting, which we play like a lot of games. So you get you get um opportunities to raise your hand then. Uh writing is also a big uh part where you can like I get a lot I usually raise my hand to like uh read my writing out loud and then reading um poetry is a big part because like I said with writing you also get to like read um your poetry out aloud and stuff um science is a little rough for me um not very into science and not very good at it either but like sometimes I just guess and I get it right so I gotta do what I gotta do to raise my hand then um Social studies is actually uh, pretty interesting but usually a lot of social studies work is in group work um when you're not like with doing stuff with the teachers so that's pretty hard and then there's also let's see oh so music um uh I really I don't think I I think I raised my hand once or twice for music like the entire school year cuz I don't really like it um IMC is also um a really tough one to raise your hand because you don't really get opportunities to raise your hand because a lot of it is just independent work on your computer okay. and then um art um art is also a lot of independent work so so those are mostly the classes
0: okay gotcha so um what I thought was uh, very interesting about the way that you would set your goals is not only was your goal to get uh to raise your hand every day it was to also you told me within a week to try and get called on at least once in every class, right?
1: Yeah, cause, cause um, if I raise my hand and uh, if I try to get like called on like once every class, then um, uh, I get like more into like the lessons and stuff like that, and that also just like helps me, um, it helps me understand it more. Even though I did, I definitely probably did not do that with music. Okay. Because yeah, I'm just it's just not it's isn't it's it's probably my least favorite um class. That's but fair. only when you when uh, it's like the free days at the end of the school year because you play games. Okay,
0: well that's fair. Okay, so um, what is the hardest class to raise your hand in, and why?
1: Uh, this is tough. It's between. It's between music, science, and IMC. Okay. I'm gonna have to go with, uh, probably, probably IMC because um, you all the stuff that you do in IMC is on your computer, and almost all of it is independent work. Mm, okay. Like it's just doing it by yourself. So like, um, like I don't really count raising my hand. To ask a question, like like mm. in IMC, like if I'm doing something, I don't really count raising my hand to ask a question in my thing. But like, um, basically everything we do is independent work. Yeah,
0: okay. And then on the flip side of that, what is the easiest class to raise your hand in, and why?
1: Oh, uh, definitely math class by far, because um there's like so much like questions that you answer like in math
0: yeah. and there's
1: so many opportunities to raise your hand and go up to the board.
0: Okay. Okay. Got you. All right. Now uh, we'll wrap up just a couple more questions. Uh, was there ever a time where you were raising your hand to answer a question in one of your classes and you weren't a hundred percent sure that you actually were going to get the answer right? And the second part to that is what, what uh, helped you overcome that fear of raising your hand, even if you knew that you weren't going to know the answer necessarily?
1: Also, well, the first question was, what was it again?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I didn't ask that in a very good way. So my first question is, was uh, was there ever a time where you raised your hand to answer a question and you weren't sure that you actually had the answer right?
1: Yes. All of that happened in science and music class.
0: <laughs> okay. So let's but see. I did
1: get I did get most of them right though.
0: Oh, you did. Okay. So for science class, I'm curious, and I'm asking both for myself and for others that that might be listening. It's mostly mostly adults that listen to this podcast. Not as many kids, and though um, adults, I'll speak for myself. Um, sometimes. I am I have been afraid to raise my hand to answer a question when somebody asks it in a group or a meeting because I'm not sure that I have the right answer. And I think what's pretty cool is that even though, for example, for science, you weren't sure you were going to have the right answer, you still raised your hand. So how did you get over that fear of raising your hand in science, even if you didn't know the answer?
1: Well, first of all, I, I raise my hand more than once a day. So that kind of helps in case, you know, I get it wrong. Mm-hmm. But like, um, my fifth grade teacher encourages us to, like, raise your hand and answer questions, even though if you, like, don't think you know the right answer. Um, and to, like, if you get it wrong, then just, like, try to figure out what you did wrong and stuff like that.
0: Okay. So it sounds like there was, um, your fifth grade teacher. Do you want to give her a shout out, by the way?
1: Uh, sure. What do, what, Whoa, what do uh, I do in a shout out? Uh,
0: just, do you want to give her a shout out, like, her name and tell um, her that she did a great job?
1: shout out to Mrs. Jefferson. Um, hope she's a good mom.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Cause she's having a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it sounds like Mrs. Jefferson set a really good environment to encourage you to ask questions.
1: Yeah. I also mentioned that is my class participation. Um, oh really? Opinion writing. Yeah. I mentioned that like, um, if you get the question wrong, um, then it's good to know. It's good to know that, um, if you get the question wrong, then, um, it's just an opportunity to like, it's not like a thing to like get down on yourself for. It's an opportunity to um, like learn more about the thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember reading your opinion paper. I thought that was a really, really good one too. So, all right. Well um, again, congratulations on hitting your streak. And we actually didn't, I mean, I guess when I introduced this, this particular topic, I said that you had set a goal. I should also clarify, you met your goal, right? Mm-hmm. So you, I'm gonna
1: do this in sixth grade too.
0: Oh, okay. So you're gonna do the same thing in sixth grade.
1: I think I'm gonna struggle with it though.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, what do you think? Um, what do you think you can do to prepare to do your best, um, whether you hit the goal or not for sixth grade? Then.
1: Um. Well. Um. I don't really know a lot about middle school. Like. Yeah. I don't even know some of the classes. Yep. So like, um, I'm just going to wing it basically just like, you know, if I, if, if I do get the answer wrong and like, they give you like a grade for participating, at least I'm participating. So,
0: okay. Well, there you go. I like that. Okay. So you're prepared to participate no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then last thing is, uh, is there, are there, excuse me, are there any goals, uh, that you have set for the summertime?
1: Um, so, the first one is I'm um, doing a uh, summer reading program. So, my goal is to finish that. Okay. And then, my second goal is to get uh, 500 plays on my own podcast um, uh, called uh, Kids Talk Sports. On, it's on, uh, th- I'm using this as an opportunity to shout out my podcast. Go um, it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And um I'm currently at 326 plays, just got three plays on my new episode that I posted today. Um. So, uh, all those like parents, I know there's a lot of kids that listen to my podcast. Not a lot of parents, but all those parents out there listening to his podcast, please come to my podcast. Like, okay. please, uh, cause I really want to hit 500 plays. And also, I got this thing called the question of the week. Um, mm. that I've been uh, starting um on a lot of the uh end of my episodes. So, yeah. uh, go ahead and check that out, and then uh, answer the question, please. And I'll I'll read out I'll re- probably read some of the answers out on on the podcast. So yeah.
0: Okay. I, I I, give you credit for taking advantage of your opportunity to advertise your podcast. And again, one more time, what is your podcast called?
1: Uh, it's called Kids Talk Sports. And again, it is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
0: All right. Well, Mace, thank you very much for taking the time to stop by and looking forward to uh, talking to you again very, very soon.
1: Go Alabama.